Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Generally Casual. Welcome back again to me, I am Michael. Welcome back to Richard over there, and welcome back to Corey, and welcome back to our special guest, Lazy Tech Tony. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Tony. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, That's my favorite. My favorite is when Michael goes headlong into a thing that doesn't exactly work and then says, nope, I'm going to make it work. (laughs) You, You only need to welcome back the guest that's what i yep. would assume that's what he was doing yeah. no i say welcome back to everybody else because oh. everybody's coming back to our it's not welcome back no, to no. us we've, well i we've actually tony done, obviously is a big welcome, welcome back. back to myself yeah yeah is what is what michael wants to say but he won't <laughs> <laughs> i i like to say a greeting to myself every time i come back here hi michael welcome back to this podcast that's a friendly, friendly greeting to pat yourself on the back. You made it. Oh, you made, you know made it through another episode. That feels nice. Oh, I've never pat myself on the back before. I, See, there you go. I don't stretch that far. You can't lick your elbow, but you can pat yourself on the back. I can lick my back too. No way. Is that is that like <laughs> all right? So is that like you can you can pick your nose? Here? You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Is that what that? <laughs> also. Uh, Don't test ending me, that strangeness. We're talking about future technologies today. <laughs> I was, I was Thank looking you for roping it back. I in. was looking for a segue. I'm like, no, we're not, there's no segue between nope. uh, strangeness and what we're. I'm <laughs> just cutting it in. Topic. Um, so this is one of my favorite, if not like all of our favorite things to look forward to. I think every year is brand new tech coming out, and I thought it would be a uh, pretty fun to talk about. Um, Three different things. Future tech that's kind of here already. Um, things that don't exist but might exist in the future. And then things like that won't exist in our lifetime. But something we're excited about. <laughs> True. Um, sure. So we're going to cover all of those things today. Uh, starting with um, a definition of what future technologies is. Go, Richard. Go. Oh, God. Do we? I don't even. That's not even. Just tell us. Just tell us. Just tell us. Uh, I'm on the spot, sir. I didn't personally see a Lexico one, um, but the closest one that I could find on Wikipedia, and I'm Richard right now, by by the way, um, (laughs) is emerging technologies, Um, and I, I like that because it's technologies whose development, practical applications. Or both are still largely unrealized, such that they are figuratively emerging into prominence. It's funny when I threw you on the bu- under the bus. I totally knew that Corey was going to save you. Thanks, Corey. I mean, that's what he does. <laughs> Corey for the win. Yep. <laughs> Corey Very always nice. for the win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I will start things rolling by talking about one of my favorite new technologies today, which is sort of around right now, but isn't quite like permanent. I think mostly due to rules and regulations for the safety of this, it's bionics. So bionics mm. has been one of my favorite subjects to research for a while and to see new technology because eventually they keep doing uh, like leaps ahead forward where they go, okay, so today for our prosthetics for your arm, which prosthetics different from bionics, uh, prosthetics, right. we're just going to put on a fake arm. Okay, what does the fake right. arm do? No, it doesn't do anything. Everyone wants that Not Metal Gear Solid snake arm there. <laughs> um, and for a long, long time, for uh, war veterans who came back, anybody caught in a crazy accident or just uh, born with uh, without said limb, that was their choice. You know, you could live your life without the limb or you could uh, 
freshen up with a replacement. Example, that's where glass eyes came from. That's where wooden peg legs came from. Um, all these kind of different pseudo replacements for uh, people's limbs and appendages and anything they're missing just so they can get a kind of a sense of normalcy. Uh, today, within the last 10 years, there has been a giant leap forward. We have things like um, any time... Uh, I'm forgetting all of my specific technology words because all of them are actually in a video that I released on Anime Casuals uh, <laughs> when I related it back to Full Metal Alchemist oh. and, and Full Metal things like that <laughs> for their cool, mm -hmm. awesome prosthetics they have in there. Uh, but there are three different types. There's ones that are fused with your arm, uh, which they take the little nerve endings that are left in your arm and connect it directly into the new prosthetic. Oh, that's crazy. There are ones... Uh, like a TikToker, who his name is Henrik Cox, um, he shows off a new prosthetic today that uses the muscles in your arm, but doesn't connect anything. It's just, it slides over your arm, and anytime you contract your muscles, this crazy piece of tech on your arm senses it, and then moves the muscles uh, like it's supposed to. So he can control every single finger in his prosthetic. Uh, he can uh, flip people off. He can give people <laughs> oh, thumbs up. Well, I mean, uh, he can give people high fives. Uh, he shows a lot. He likes to flip the bird because everybody on his channel asks him to. <laughs> of course. I mean, what, you, what else are you gonna do with it? Right? Um, yeah, and that that this is the closest piece of technology that's making me like going whoa. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's um, another one where they kind of do like an in between, where it's sort of fused but sort of not. And each one of those have their pro and cons. But my most exciting was about two years ago, um, a, a few scientists got together and started to make an artificial iris to slide over your eye. Obviously, lots of practical applications with that. Yeah. You could have HUDs that read over it. You could have uh, digital readouts of things. Uh, you could have like what they for, have for motorcycle helmets, the little... Uh, hologram projector that you see like how fast you're going and where you oh, are and, oh, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. the wind speed is right um yeah. you could have a dash cam for your body yeah and and things of that nature which would work together uh wirelessly connecting to your brain which we'll get to richards in a second yeah. um and then finally in january 21st uh was that six months ago oh that's less than six months ago at this point um four months Four months ago, yeah. a, a Israeli surgeons planted the first artificial cornea into a blind man of 78. So he's been blind wow. for a very long time. And when he, his bandages were removed, he could read and recognize family members. That's wow. crazy. So a man who's been blind for uh, probably a really long time has now gained the ability to see again. So, uh, would you say that the difference between bionics and um, prosthetics is that bionics are integrated yes, into the body? Absolutely, kind of. Um, even though the word, uh, I, this is casual information here. Um, even though I don't think the <laughs> word bionic really stipulates that when you look at the dic the dictionary definition. Um, but to me, prosthetics has always been like an artificial replacement that's not really exactly changing something for you and then a bionic is like something. an artificial add-on yes exactly and then a bionic yeah. is replacing that limb and giving you back the same functionality got it I'm trying to think because bionic so commando. you're kind yeah like commando you're you're kind of talking cyborg yeah yeah like cyberpunk ish 
kind of oh absolutely viewpoint oh well, i'm more or less like if we think of like the video game bionic commando literally the dude has an arm that's bionic and then it's got like a grappling hook on it yeah so it like takes it a step further than what it is wait richard you don't have that i mean i have that <laughs> no i i got the zoom it's in my left hand so i don't use it as much so it's not my dominant hand but i have it. i got the zoom function in my eye just one oh. eye, so it looks really weird because one can zoom and the other one can't. <laughs> That's why you have dry eyes all the time. That's what it is. You guys, those things sound cool. All I got is a bionic tongue. <laughs> I don't even want to know what it is. Do you get to taste things that I don't get to taste? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the people at Costco taste, hate him it, for the it yogurt. It can taste colors. I can taste co- this tastes blue. <laughs> so what's really cool about this stuff, though, is that um, prosthetics really are about bringing a sense of normalcy mm-hmm. to someone who's kind of like lost something in an accident or stuff like that. But it seems like bionics are really about pushing the envelope and going further and making someone being capable of having a normal life or even further, like yeah. 2.0 human. And and, and uh, the guy on TikTok, I mean, his arm looks ridiculous. It, it amazes me the different ways you can go with it that some people are like, give me a full change and a full uh, like I've seen a guy who like the the bionic the bionic part is that instead of where his elbow would be, there's just a large chunk of metal that you attach the arm to. So it's very it's very like futuristic in that in that manner where you're like this looks like a '90s anime where you're like I stick on my uh, my electric arm and now I got a new one. Uh, it's a lot better than you know, uh, Army of the or what is that? From Evil Dead 2 with him chopping up his arm and putting a shotgun on it. That was very yeah, exactly. makeshift yeah. by comparison. Yeah, absolutely. But you can definitely, like like Tony said, you can definitely see the beginnings of a cyberpunk-esque world. Deus Ex. Machina. Type of world starting now with this insane mm-hmm. technology. Well, do you guys actually one, think... One oh, te- sorry, Tony. You go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, one technology that I recently saw on LinkedIn was someone that had cerebral palsy and was had very difficult walking across the floor. But he put on this, this I it was more external than it was internal, but, but it, it connected to his neural transmitters in, inside of his body. And after they were turned on, he could walk across the floor, not, not as easily as some somebody that's been walking, you know, quote unquote normal for the past 17 years of their life or whatever, but definitely... Uh, much more confident and his gait was a lot more solid than it was before. And the look on his face of, I can actually do this. I'm not going to be looked at, looked upon as a weirdo looking like I'm um, convulsing for no reason. Um, and it, it, you know, it, it was very heartwarming to, to see that because we, we take for granted everyday things that we do. And someone like in that has that kind of um, predicament, with I don't know exactly if it's in the brain or in the spine, because uh, again, casual generally. Um, <laughs> but but the technology is there. the The price point is the issue. Yeah. Right. All the yeah, things that you absolutely. talked about, you either have to be your own engineer, like this guy on TikTok, or you have to get a grant to be able to afford it. Because it is a lot of it is very theoretical, and it's not meant for the mass market to to take advantage of. And I'm sure, like insurance companies and the uh, uh, what is it, like the FFDA or the FTC, they, they they have to go through their whole 
rigmarole of approving and not approving uh, some of these emerging um, medical technologies. Yeah, oh, very much so. And that, you know, that's like, that hits the nail on the head because that's one of my biggest issues. Like, what I'm not going to talk about, but I, I'm always excited about is like uh, future uh, flying cars. And yeah. that technology has been around for at least 20 years already, like functional. That has been functional for at least 20 years. There's some guy who made one in, the, in his garage and was like, hey, look, it flies. We use a mixture of this, these jet engines that turn down and turn back up. Uh, I don't remember which jet engine that is, but the ones that rotate uh, to help it take off. Um, like the Harrier jet Yeah, engine? like the Harrier jet engines that turn down, it lifts up, and then they turn back so mm-hmm, it can shoot mm-hmm, off forward. Yeah. Those have been, right. it's been like 20 years. I saw a documentary back in 2000 about it. And then just because of rules and regulations going, well, we don't want people to crash into each other and things like that. It's like, it, it hasn't come out yet, which I understand, you know, like, yeah, people flying into each other at like hundreds of miles an hour. You know, that's that's instant death right there. So. Not even that. You, we've seen recently, people can't even be trusted with petroleum fuel. Could you imagine if they were being trusted with jet fuel? <laughs> Let alone oh, the geez. cost of jet fuel. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And that's another... Just don't put petroleum jet fuel in plastic bags. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then try oh, to bring it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's also a good point in general for uh, a lot of these emerging or future technologies is that a lot of the time it's the cost basis that is the unreasonable part of like further refining it or getting it out to consumers. Yeah, which uh, weirdly actually works in Richard's favor because uh, you were going to talk about the Neuralink, right? Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, more or less... I didn't do as much research as I wanted to. But I'll help you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Elon Musk is the brilliant, crazy man he is, um, announced basically that they created almost like a sewing machine that can imprint uh, fibers on your brain to then be able to send signals or program signals uh, in- directly into your brain. Yep. So there, from what I was reading, basically his he wants to use it for technology, but also for medical use as well to be able to fix some cross signals that are in the brain if you have that issue, or being able to um, fix paralyzation or a number of different things that are affected by your brain chemistry and or the signals, nerve endings, and whatever else is going on in your brain. And obviously, the initial reaction was, oh, God, don't put computer stuff in my brain. It'll get hacked, and right. then I'll be able to be a robot Yay. but programmed or whatever. Just in the shell. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but overall, the technology itself seems really interesting because of how it was explained. It's really weird that they basically said, it's a sewing machine, but for your brain. Yeah. And I'm like, that's super strange. But when you kind of get into the nitty gritty of it. It has these little fibers that then connect into your brain mm. and then work almost like your brain works uh, in itself. Tony, Corey, have either one of you heard about the Neuralink? I've I had not. I'm, I'm this is the first I'm hearing about it, and I'm very interested in how they're able, you know, what uh, additional developments that they've made. Yeah. From this, uh, I have some information for you, then, Tony. But Corey, have you heard of it? I briefly heard of it. Okay. Um, like mainly just on the stuff of like. Oh, Elon wants to put a computer in your brain sort of thing. Yeah, the, the uh, reaction there. Or, or to also like tie that into his, his other body augments that he wants to push along. Yeah. Um, so uh, I looked up a video uh, by Virtual Dreamers who basically went through and told me all the 
high-tech lingo that I needed to know. Right. And then I released a video that was like, here's for the casual person who doesn't need the lingo and just wants to know what it does. So along with the Neuralink, they release a video of a monkey. Like they, you know, people do. Um, and, <laughs> of course. And, and on this, uh, they basically showed a monkey playing Pong. Um, uh, the intro to this was a test where the monkey would move a joystick, move a dot on screen, and move it to where it's lit up. So... Just a simple, okay. like, move dot, Basic light maze, up box. maze test, yeah. more or less. Yes. Right. Uh, and then anytime it successfully did that, it had a little tube that gave it a banana smoothie. Of course. So, yeah, go. Go, monkey. Get your banana smoothie. Um, after a while, it then started playing Pong using a joystick and naturally playing against a computer player. Um, and it was actually pretty decent at it. Then the evolution that used the Neuralink came where it they took out the joystick. And you basically just saw this monkey sitting there with its hand on the smoothie machine just like kind of twitching up and down and you would see the it's pong paddle move up and down and the the um the transmission would be all done through the neuralink which would translate the monkey's muscle movements directly to the computer and then when it made the muscle movement for up the the paddle would go up and when it made it down the paddle would go down so that's essentially where the neuralink is at it can accurately read your muscle movements determine what sensation is what on like a little graph. Okay. Um, they also showed in this kind of release documentary that they implanted it in pigs and then they could show like, this is the knee moving on the graph. This is the foot moving. This is like each part of its right. body basically being simulated. And I more pitched this that since that's the data they're giving us and not really saying it does anything else, um, Beyond, like, we could use it for this. We could use it for that. You know, like, very fluffed up talk. Like, yeah. very optimistic I mean, that's that's more or less what Musk said. He's yeah. like, this is what I want to use it yeah. for. Yeah. Um, is that it could be a direct lead into virtual reality technology. Like, a full dive type of technology. Oh, I see. Because okay. if it can accurately read your muscle movements, then instead of you actually needing to move your muscle, it could just translate it into... Um, it could naturally translate it into a video game scenario. Or, you know, just like a, a Futurama-esque, everybody's just floating around in the internet. <laughs> well, and that was the thing, is basically what I was reading about is currently they want to use it for vital readings, and mm -hmm. more for medical use, and then eventually do like, this is the major medical yeah. things that we can fix. But for now, based off of what you said, it sounds like it's more like we can then heart rate and other things that more or less your watch can do but then a full readout of everything yeah and it could read a read literally right. everything that's wrong with your body in exactly. one go um and i thought it was it was crazy it, it was uh amazing but it was also like they also have a machine that does the surgery for you yeah that's what the that's what the sewing machine yeah, thing and is. it just like opens your head puts it in and closes it up but the bigger thing is that it reads all that from like a small portion of your brain when, like, if you're ever really needed to have a full readout, you should get multiple points. But, and the price point was, like, what, 1200 bucks? Oh, it was very expensive. Something like that. Always, always expensive. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really fantastic. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> so, my concern with that is that uh, if it can read it, right, outgoing signals. Oh, it also goes straight to your phone. I think that was the other thing. What's stopping signals from going outside in? Well, like they, that's one thing I would be concerned about. The with this issue tech. is, at least from what I know and my own research, is nobody understands the brain well enough to do that. That's true. Because all they're doing is reading signals your brain is giving off, 
but they're not like they're just processing the data they see, but they can't interact the other way. Got it. Because from what you said with the monkey specifically, um, it sounds like using that, they could very clearly down the line stop mapping which neurons fire to move which things, which pathways hit up. And then once they see that, I I see nothing stopping it going back in, them controlling the monkey. Well, there technically would be because you'd have to have, the, the whole thing is you'd have to replicate the neurons firing, which would then potentially cause irreparable damage. Because if you even accelerate or basically amplify any electrical implement in your brain, you would just immediately die May because it would just flood your brain with electricity and that's obviously not what you want to do. May I pitch forward that they already are controlling the monkey by giving it food and training it to do stuff? Yes, behavioral. <laughs> behavioral. This, this, I mean, this is awful <laughs> philosophical now that uh, we're talking about this. It's supposed to be tech. Hey, well, well more or less. I mean, that's <laughs> hey, that's part of I, technology. <laughs> I think that that's the point is is there the 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 reading of it is because your brain already gives off signals. Yeah. Being able to replicate those signals is Nowhere they've not been able to repeat that ever. Nobody's made an artificial brain yet, but people can read the brain. But that's why I'm saying, like, if well, it can detect outgoing signals, because my, it's it's, it's, it's like the same thing as like y you uh, uh, think of it like a uh, player piano. Like you put a roll in, and the the piano is hey. able to read it and then play the piano, mm. but you. In order to do that, you have to then play the piano yourself. You can't just... I was about to do the same thing. Well, Corey, it's also like if you try to read a book, well, you can read it. But then afterwards, if they were like, okay, now write a book yourself. Those are two completely different things. Or, so, I mean, uh, to kind of leave this more. tech, right? One more, Richard. Uh, AI. <laughs> a a I mean, this is open up to a whole brand new thing. No, but keep, yeah. keep it AI, on the metaphors. Um, AI, they, the whole thing with AI is... AI where it's at right now is basically visual, but they have to literally program every single thing into a thing for mm -hmm. it to be able to into the AI for it to be able to recognize patterns or other things like that. Welcome to well, generally things. Every that's yeah, every cat ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's something really interesting though. I wasn't going to talk about it, but facial recognition is another emergent technology. Yes, and yeah. uh, that actually utilizes the AI that you were talking about and the way that they structure. AI learning for facial recognition is they provide two photos um, of the same person at different angles and then a third photo of someone different. And then the AI essentially has to go, which are the points that I can map on this person's face that are the closest to the two photos that are them, but at the same time, the furthest away from the third photo. Right, but that's my point is it you wouldn't put a monkey in front of that and it wouldn't say, "Oh, you're a monkey." It would just say, "This is this person or not." It's it's a true or false versus them having to program that into someone means that they'd have to understand all variations of everything e that could go wrong. Either way, it, that section of technology is way, way further than way. the technology that would allow you to read the brain. It it's very similar to like reading dreams. It's like just because you can yep. show them on a TV doesn't mean that you can give somebody dreams. Wait, you were showing dreams on a TV? Yeah, you weren't invited. Sorry. Oh, man. Rats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing out. Yeah, definitely missing out. Uh, so, I, Spirits Within. We're going back to the 90s with Final Fantasy Spirits Within, that movie. I, I could did, record dreams I don't in that. watch that. 
That's that's a thing. Okay. It's from the nineties. I'll have to we're, we're past that now. I, we're in the two thousands. I was ninety three, born so you know, Oh, that's I'm, true. I'm old. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Tony knows what I'm talking about. No. No, he <laughs> no. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I won't talk, but I'll nod silently. <laughs> Well, uh, I was going to say, actually, 90s, uh, I was looking at Tony's topic, and I really, really like Tony's topic because that also comes with a lot of morality things to it. It does. It definitely does. And I also completely misunderstood the uh, the, um, the, the prompt because uh, all I really talked about was one topic and where it was, where it's at now, and where it's going. Which um, is perfect. But that is of teleportation. Pretty much ever since the the idea of getting somebody from one place to another without having to physically travel there um akin to star trek and other teleporting um pop culture references galaxy quest comes to mind doctor uh, who movie which i guess is a star trek spoof doctor anyway who. um we we've wanted this kind of technology and uh through research, we've been able to do it with quantum entanglement um, through a fiber optic network for about 27 miles with an accuracy of 90%. Wow. However, that was one proton. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Nine just, just, just one single proton. And even that, one of the original, uh, back in 1998... Uh, uh, one of the original theories from Caltech was that, yes, we can get that, uh, not proton, sorry, photon. Uh, we can get that photon from one end to the other, but it's not the original photon that's being transported. It's a copy. It's an exact copy, but it's nonetheless a copy. So this thing that they did last year, I believe it was in China, they were able to get a, 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 a photon, 27 miles. That's amazing. At the end of the day, it's not the original photon. So the question is, are we okay with that? Because the it, it gets into this metaphysical quandary of, all right, well, Richard's here, and then Richard's going to be in Vegas, but is that the same Richard in Vegas that disappeared and effectively died right in front of it's me? It's very much like the movie The Prestige, where you have yeah. that sort of ending that it really makes you think of like the morals of that entire situation. Like, is it morally correct to further that science if you are effectively killing off someone to do that? Yeah. I mean, it get it gets into the whole question of what makes us us. Is it the physical being? Is it our our heart, our our minds, or our soul? Like, do you if you believe in a soul? Um, it, it gets into all of that because, you know, you, you can talk about somebody not being able to, like, communicate as we're doing right now through, um, whether it be through verbal uh, uh, phrases or even hand signals for those that are deaf. I mean, those are ways that, uh, th those allow us to be able to say, okay, that person has their own uh, individuality, but... If we make a copy of that person, essentially a clone, in the in the movie The Prestige, I mean, the clone was A, the clone was killed. Sorry, spoiler alert, by the, <laughs> the way. The movie's been out you know, for long enough. If you haven't seen it, it's not yeah. my fault. So go, go see I've it. seen it, and I already forgot. Now it's ruined for me again. <laughs> I was planning on watching it tomorrow. There's That's a whole thing. You're the clone. 
Oh. You didn't remember that you watched that. That's true. So you're not the original. Wait, am I Christian Bale? Is that what that was? Pres- pres- the Prestige? Yeah. 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 And Hugh yeah. Jackman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know which movie you're talking yeah. about now. I forgot, but now I, yeah. now I remember. Now you know. Yeah. And tes- Tesla was there, too. <laughs> oh. Um, but... The, the the thing that we that we want is 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 humans to be transported right and that's over a trillion atoms that we would have to be transporting so not only are we getting a copy of these atoms but also being able to pinpoint one from one point to another point the atoms we want to go like a bullet uh you know to the direction and we all know what happens with bullets there's a bullet drop but if we're talking, you know, being able to get that particle from one end to another, it's going to have to be transmitted into, I don't know, light. What happens with light? It spreads. So, Corey, your head's going to be in Zimbabwe. Your foot's going to be over in Kathmandu. <laughs> oh, this. And your pinky's going to be somewhere in Canada. You know? And you took a wrong I, turn at Al- Albuquerque. I, I always, always said sure I did. wanted to travel the world. So, I think this kind of gets That's one way done. to do yeah. it. See, the two, two. But where, but where is your soul gonna be? That's that the is. question. <laughs> I was gonna say two, two things come to mind, based off of that. Obviously, Looney Tunes, because it said the Albuquerque thing. The <laughs> other one was uh, yep. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know, Willy Wonka and how they did the whole like shrinking thing, and how they were up in the air with the millions of of atoms because they did it via radio waves or whatever. You could argue more or less the same thing, except for obviously it's with light and matter. But you you uh, kind of point out so basically what you were saying is it w- you'd have to almost be downloaded to a computer sent via the internet and then recreated right. via the the other computer where you'd be at the base. Right, you are you're recreated. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this technology. It's called a fax machine, <laughs> a facsimile. It's this weird old fandangled thing that people still use today. Uh, but you have the original copy, and it does get recreated. But it gets recreated, if you've ever seen a fax, in a terrible <laughs> sometimes way. in a very, very terrible yeah. way. Yeah. It's a very horrible way. So that's, you know, I, you know we're, we're not at the technology where we have to necessarily worry about that just yet. But we have a, no pun intended, a facsimile to point to, to say, all right, the, 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 there is a possible concern here and then as we continue to transport if it is copies you're making a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy at what point do you do you lose your humanity or is it still intact and it just gets the the humanity that is you just automatically gets re-downloaded in full all your memories all your emotions your quirks the good things the bad the happy the sad What's the last line? Mm. <laughs> I don't know, but I, it's something. I'm, I'm excited all, all of that. for uh, the, the little warnings at the start of a movie in the future that say you wouldn't teleport a car. You wouldn't teleport this. <laughs> <laughs> like an FBI yeah. warning. <laughs> so don't copy this film. <laughs> don't teleport this film. The actors from this film belong in this movie. Don't well, teleport them to I was going to say, eventually, teleporting could just, like, the prestige be the perfect, uh, you know, perfect process. You just do it with stuff instead of people. You know, like that's true. I really want another copy of this movie. You just teleport it to yourself, and then you got two copies. See, then we go full circle. You started with Star Trek, and no, now we finished with Star Trek. No, but when you teleport it, the original uh, thing will 
disintegrate it dies mm, okay right. so you don't have a, a, you you no longer have two copies you still have one and the new copy has a scratch on it Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well can't we just do replication instead and then we can then we can go back to star trek and then get rid of all income thing just barter and then just be able to replicate I'm, everything yeah I mean, one of the jokes that you guys said before uh, was uh, because people uh, listening can't see it, but there's an empty chair next to Corey, and you guys joked that we'd put a green screen there, and that's where your fourth guest would be. But the closest that we have to teleportation right now is something called teleportation. It, it's more of a technical term <laughs> that that. No, sorry, it, it's more of a. Uh, a fun term that that the comp that uh, Microsoft's use uses, but in their Hololens they call it Holo uh, teleportation, where you can superimpose yourself in a meeting room. Oh, so it looks like I would be there. There'd still be a green screen, but I would be at my house. You guys would have like VR helmets on or the Hololens on, and in a collaborative VR environment, we'd be able to see me sitting next to Corey. So we're kind of there in a roundabout way, utilizing the tech that we have now, VR, because VR has come a long way since, you know, the inception of uh, Oculus Rift on, on Kickstarter. Yeah. It's still not, you know, you still don't, you know, when you're using VR to look at the Great Wall of China, you know you're not at the Great Wall of China, but we're getting there. <laughs> that we're getting true. to the point where it is becoming but, better. You know, the real trick to that, right, is you get someone to knock you out when you're not ready for it, and then they wake you up in <laughs> VR. Because then you're like, where'd you take me? And you just hear them say, we're in, we're at the Great Wall of China. You're like, oh, we're okay. on top of Mount Everest. I don't remember getting here, but that's in, fine. In VR You like, push them. <laughs> Yep. In VR, oh, so everything's really flat, and yeah. there's no definition. To <laughs> this is what the real wall looks like. It's just flat. So, um, a lot of the stuff that you guys mentioned, I really like. So, what I wanted to touch on was things that kind of help make those other things possible. Um, Go ahead, Corey. I'll allow you and, to. And thank you. Yeah, and uh, that is global internet coverage, because right now a significant portion of the world does have internet connectivity, but about 40% of the population don't. They're not connected yet. Um, in the past 10 years, the amount of people getting connected to the internet has slowly slowed down. Um, so it's led to scientists being a little worried that it's gonna take a significant portion of time to get the other 40% of the population connected. Um, and why this is so important is because obviously education has come a very, very long way with the introduction of the internet. Um, it's, sure. it's been super important. Um, it's helped people psychologically as well, not just through an educational uh, perspective, because there are entire groups of people that you know wouldn't have known they associate one way or another or had thought that they were the only one until they get out into a social forum on the internet and are able to interconnect with people that aren't directly in their life. And it's really, really awesome. Um, so there are a couple companies out there that are trying to push um, this internet coverage a little bit further and to connect regions that 
aren't connected, whether it's because they're impoverished, whether it's because of uh, geological issues like mountain mountainous terrains, uh, earth that's really difficult to dig through, because pretty much our internet runs, for the most part, on uh, subterranean cables yep. or undersea cables. Um, right. And they all use... Uh, oh, my goodness. I can't believe I'm blanking Fiber optic cables. There we go. I got it. Um, so essentially, there are three main people who were trying to do global interconnectivity. Um, and that was Facebook, which kind of failed with their uh, their project. Um, I think it was called like Internet for Everyone or something. Um, Call it what it is. Essentially, uh, they tried setting up a series of drones these drones would have about a three-month uh, period of time that they could stay in the air. They were solar-powered, and they would essentially just be beaming information um, up and back in areas that were difficult for cables to be laid. They tested it in, I think, India for a while, and it kind of mm -hmm. failed um, because what they were essentially doing was being like, oh, well, we now have this platform where we control what information is getting sent in and out of this area. So they would uh, log like what uh, resources the people were using. They were encouraging them to go through Facebook, all that kind of Facebooky stuff. Like, no one's say, really that's, surprised. That's literally no Facebook. I'm not surprised at all. Um, no. So the issue with drones is that um, they had that airtime. They could only stay in the air for so long, and then they would require maintenance of some sort, whether it's swapping out a battery, changing out uh, blades on the fans, all that kind of stuff. Um, right. And Google, the next one, runs into a similar issue. So uh, pro Google has Project Loon, uh, short for balloon, I'm assuming, um, because they essentially do helium balloons into the lower atmosphere, and it's a similar thing. Instead of a drone, it's a balloon. Um, so it's still beaming that stuff to mountainous regions, giving them some degree of internet. Um, the same problem is, is that while drones and balloons are kind of cheap in the short term to send up, and you can send up a lot more more easily, uh, they have a higher degree of maintenance that's required to them. Um, so... That kind of thing, it makes it good for testing and to seeing how it can affect impoverished regions or regions that can't get connected to the internet. But it doesn't really seem to me as a long-term sort of solution to this problem. Um, so well, the go ahead, Tony. The other issue, especially with um, the one with Project Loon, helium, we're running out. Yeah. Like as a world, we're running out of helium. We have helium reserves in texas but if you've ever gotten to get your balloon blown up at like party city here in the united states the cost of that has skyrocketed and it's, it's still only uh, 79 you know 75 cents but it used to be like 10. so if you, you know just looking at the scale of it um doing something like that for for google while they can buy it at wholesale price that's great but they're gonna need to figure out a different methodology to keep those those balloons up there um but i don't know if you're gonna get into this at all but anytime i hear about you know because elon musk is thinking about this even bill gates thought about this in, in the early 90s satellites around the world we're talking about space crap yeah 
space junk. And that actually because when these things that actually leads into the next one really well, Tony. So oh, perfect. Um, if you have anything else you want to touch on before I move into that, go ahead. Go right oh, ahead. Sounds man. good. All right. So uh, the next one is Elon Musk's Starlink. Um, Oh, I know yeah, him. I, we know. just talked about him. The South African savant. Is it that uh, guy again? I, I like the names of his things. They sound futuristic. <laughs> SpaceX. <laughs> Neuralink. Neuralink. See, I, I'm convinced that he wanted to be a sci-fi writer, and then he just got really good at finding people to do stuff for him. So he's like, I'm just I mean, going to do all the sci-fi stuff and pay other people to do it for me. Like, I'll just live He's also smart. Stuff. I mean, he is a smart guy, too. Like, yeah. Questionable business practice. Well, yeah. <laughs> when he likes to manipulate things. <laughs> but uh, what's really interesting about Starlink is as much as it's really expensive to get something to space, like ridiculously expensive, uh, they have a much longer lifetime. Um, and also, interestingly enough, there's not much of a deficit, even though it's further out. The information speed that you'll get will be almost as fast as current internet connectivity mainly because in the vacuum of space light travels faster than it does through fiber optic cables interesting so um the main Mm. issue with that that they're trying to combat is packet loss due to like uh precipitation clouds all that kind of stuff getting in the way um and then obviously there are issues whether you know someone's living on a rock under a rock i guess and then they they can't get it they got to build a satellite array closer or whatever. Um, and then one of the big issues that comes with this is that, and I think this year alone, we've had a lot of issues with satellites coming back into the atmosphere and causing, you know, crashes and injuries and stuff like that, um, is that. So Elon says that the satellites that they're going to build are made to have, I believe, a five-year lifespan um at which point they would fall back into the atmosphere and burn up uh and supposedly when they burn up they're not supposed to have any components that will remain to be a large enough size to cause injury so like it's, rain. it's interesting eh, you just get ass yeah. rain at sometimes <laughs> i so to me it's raining components a science nerd <laughs> and like and a lot of Gundam stuff, a lot of like other sci-fi stuff. They have like super mass drivers like out in space where essentially it's just like this is a giant heavy dense rod and we just drop it. We don't shoot it, we just drop it and it has craterous results. So it's like a bullet from space is still even if it's tiny, like that's still a space bullet. Well, yeah, like I if mean, it hits you. The velocity That's the same is, thing is as uh, yeah. Halo's Mac rounds. They, they were like, no, let's not use lasers. Let's just fire chunks of metal at people at very high speeds. Yeah. And it has disastrous mm-hmm. results. Yeah. <laughs> so if they can fix that stuff, like, it sounds all hunky-dory, but, uh, like, that seems to be a big problem for me. Um, but the benefits of that are huge because from a satellite you can cover or an array of satellites, and that's what they want to do is have many. Um is you can provide that coverage, which would hopefully enable more impoverished or not connected communities to be able to afford this stuff, to start pushing that technology forward where other businesses start jumping on that and then they have some sort of competition. Um, Because in some of these areas, 
a lot of the time it's not because um, businesses don't want to put that connection in or lay those lines. It's because there's no political incentive. Um, sometimes the political parties will receive funding to do all that stuff and they kind of don't. Um, mm. And what I was finding interesting is that in a lot of the regions that they studied, I believe they studied like 10 regions that were impoverished communities and they just, it was only like 40% of the population had any sort of affordable access to uh, the internet. And we're talking about like not even computers. For the most part in these areas, they're like phones. So they're talking about right. 3G cell coverage. Um, and of that, it's a significant portion of the communities that are male that have access to it. And that kind of leaves um, a perpetually falling behind gender gap uh, for females. Um, and that's really worrying because a lot of those regions have issues because they don't have gender equality. So I, I really like um, this whole potential for global coverage of internet because I can see the educational benefits being really, really huge for a lot of countries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's honestly the biggest thing that's stopping me from moving to like a cabin in the woods away from everyone is I want good internet. So come on. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say there won't be an off the grid anymore. Well, everyone will be yeah. on the grid. Everyone will be able to find yeah. you. So I, I, I have two questions, actually. One, when it comes to Elon Musk's idea about you know his satellites, is he hoping to get the beams directly to each household or would it go to a central point and then each house connects to that central point? So it, it seems as though um, he want and one of the other concerns, actually, thank you for reminding me, is um, that we will be artificially changing our um, our view of space from Earth with all these satellites that he wants to put out because he wants to put out so many that we would right. have a permanent different nightscape because of all these satellites and we wouldn't have similar constellations because they're blocked. Um, so essentially, he wants to have this huge array of satellites that would then uh, send down signals because they're rotating and as they rotate, they would change off which satellites are sending signals to which receivers. So it would have a set of receivers that would be in centralized locations or um, let's say if you're in a smaller, more secluded community, you would be potentially further away from a receiver and then it would be mm -hmm. what we have now, the fiber optic cables. I, I would assume as well that if you're rich enough, you could afford your own receiver to have on the top of your house or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. But in the short term, that's the way that I see it going, is having a hub receiver and then spreading out to a local community through fiber optic cables. Um, but yeah, it's it's all interesting stuff. Yeah. Tony, you have a second question? Or is the Corey fully answer everything? Uh, the globalization, uh, that's the issue that I have. And I just wanted to know, like, I mean, you had mentioned from a political point of view, I mean, there's I'm sure there's there's areas in this world that you know they, they don't want their citizens connected. They don't want their citizens knowing that there there there's an outside where people have better rights or women have rights. And like 
where where do 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 we just i mean because if we're trying to do what's good for the for humanity at what point do we say no we we need to do we need to have a coup and overturn that government just so we can get internet there or do we just say all right fine it's your choice and not do it and then essentially we're back to where we're at to a degree where we're at that, now. that poses an interesting theory in reality there are places now that have internet but still are restricted so i would assume right. it would be along still those lines the government would intercede and say okay that's fine they can have internet but they only have access to this to stuff. what we want them to see yeah at yeah. least that in my mind being that that's how it currently is anyway um in fact there there are plenty of um countries where there are impoverished areas within those countries and yet they're filled with cell phones because that then turns into regular currency. Um, I, mm -hmm. I I can't remember. It's one of the Asian countries, and I can't remember which one. I want to say it's like Taiwan, where literally there are people in the streets with cell phones, and they're begging for money, and they're using the cell phone as a, almost like a Venmo. And that's the way that they're begging right. for the money, which is insane. Right. Like, literally, you they have... Or uh, they have a QR code that they've put on a piece of cardboard and you scan that and then they it gets bounced to their cell phone to give them money. That's a very futuristic way. But yeah, it's currently going on now. And yeah. it, I, like I said, I think it's in like Taiwan or one of the other ones because they're cell phone manufacturing companies. They make the components. So for them, it's cheaper for them to give people cell phones because they make it there. Yeah. Which that's, is insane. That's insane. That's really cool. That is. I think uh, your question also um, sort of raises the question for those uh, countries. If down the line we're having more and more countries reaching connectivity to the internet and they start having a more highly functioning society, can those countries really afford to continue that train of thought? Well, in addition, if anybody in a restrictive environment gets access to anything that changes your location or bounces it across, you know, the world and you have access to anybody else's internet supply. I mean, <laughs> ideas, uh, adventure forward from there. Cause then you could just bounce off into the United States and have access to whatever information you want. So it's very, and very obviously with self-motivation, education, learning from mm -hmm. people's individual, yeah, there may be more of that spurning on through that globalization of internet not to mention um technology seems to have a way of seeping its way into communities so as technology evolves older technology gets put pushed into other countries and those countries kind of pick up like you see lots of photos of like blackberries being used in like impoverished uh african countries because that's the cell phone that they can get now because cell phone companies and now manufacturing new ones and they got to do something with old stock so typically those older phones are sold to communities that will actually purchase them to finish off our podcast today i did want to know what kind of future technologies are you looking forward to things that are in 50 years things that are a thousand years what are you looking forward to uh my joke one i threw out was a dyson sphere but obviously that's uh too far in the future to think about basically just a giant a power generator around the sun to keep it simple <laughs> uh, <laughs> i love the idea of it because it's like 
Yeah, it's ins- it's just insanity. You know, it's like, but hey, I figured out how to do this. It's like, well, you know. Well, and the other thing is that it would literally take all the resources on a planet to create a sphere around the sun and then use another planet as well. So it would take two planets full of resources, like mined to the ground. And then the other, the, the real one was uh, full dive technology, because I think that'd be amazing. Um, mm. there, there's at least the educational properties of it, basically having students who can't leave or who can't get to school or have issues, uh, dangerous neighborhoods, or just they're too far away. Uh, it allowed them to get to school or get to some sort of functional um, area. And as a teacher myself, just imagine being like, okay, now we're going to teleport back 200 years to the first concert. Um, the Literally, the first concert. And this is the digital recreation of it. Or for a, mm. sci- for a science teacher to be like, hey, let's go to the moon. This is... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that my mine was full dive. <laughs> I'm glad you explained the Dyson fear because uh, I thought you meant like the Dyson ball inside the vacuum. Like, <laughs> that's already been created. It's right there. Oh, that's not what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Tony or Richard, did you have any future technology you really want to see? You mentioned it earlier, and so we're not going to dwell on it so much because you mentioned the problems. Um, but uh, flying cars. Um, yes, the tech, the tech is here. It's just not very, like lucrative right (laughs) also i think the major overwhelming issue is our infrastructure is not ready for i'm like yeah we have streets on the ground but we don't have any streets in the air and while i'm sure we could probably figure it out we already have things that fly and having traffic lanes for planes uh for Corey's balloons and his his satellites i mean those are all things that we would have to think about if we want to occupy 40 space and we see it being possible in things like Coruscant and Star Wars or the, the, you know, New York in, in, uh, what's that, what's that movie? Uh, uh, the fifth element. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that looks possible. Um, but it also looks, uh, like just freakish, freakishly insane because the buildings aren't built long, you know, width wise, they're built long. So it's skyscrapers just become the thing. And we just don't, we don't have the resources to rebuild all the things up. We, uh, you know, and, and we like our skylines so we can see, you know, nature and stuff. I don't want yeah. to see a huge, like, building in the background. I, I want to see the the hills of wherever. If you're looking at the night sky, you don't want to see a hundred cars flying over you instead. <laughs> well, thank you, Tony, as we come to a close. Um, thank you for joining us. This is uh, your time to have a little plug. Sure. Uh, well, thank you again, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure. I uh, love the podcast. I'm a everlasting listener. Um, you guys have a Discord, so I highly recommend uh, everyone listening to join the Discord. As for me, I have my own podcast. I actually have two, one with my daughter. It's called Asking Australia, and the other one with a colleague of mine, um, Mr. Quentin McKinnon, where we basically talk about nothing and everything and in between. Um but yeah, it's always always a pleasure to talk to you and hear your insights of the world and what the future will bring us. Uh, we're going to have our link in the description alongside with the links that Tony gives us to his channel and his podcast. Um, so as always, if you can rate, review, and subscribe, those three things help us immensely. Give a listen to Tony's stuff. And yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Tony. Thank you. Yeah.
And uh, as always, stay musky. Nice.